The Jack the Ripper murders took place over a 10 week period in the autumn of 1888 in London's East End. The Ripper's reign of terror came and went almost as swiftly as he did when butchering his victims. A celebrity in his own disgusting right, he has lived on for over 100 years and the reaches of his macabre doings still grab our attention to this day. Having never been caught, the anonymity of this perverse monster has lent itself into Jack having more lives than the blackest of cats. Was Jack the Ripper a medical professional gone mad? A prince, bored of his luxuries whose horrible boredom led to the death of the canonical five? Or a local butcher, who vented his frustration of his mundane life on the unfortunate unfortunates? No one knows who Jack the Ripper really was, but many can agree what Jack the Ripper represented. Jack the Ripper was the disgusting living conditions of those living in Whitechapel in the flesh. Jack the Ripper was the embodiment of predatory lust as he preyed on the unfortunates, the same as many men who preyed on the desperate women who only wanted to live a decent life. Jack the Ripper was a direct response to the immigration problem that many in the upper and middle class cried about. But more disheartening, Jack the Ripper represented the feelings from those more fortunate than those living in Whitechapel. As Jack the Ripper lifted the veil to show the world how racist, ugly, and dangerous London really was in 1888. talking and I'm not and I'm just <laughs> and then I'm talking <laughs> no but wait wait I have something for him boom shut down now you're just fucking me aren't you <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids the weird history and eerie tales podcast concentrating on the dude shit's what we do wow <laughs> FY there's nothing wrong so dude Hey, that's the way I warm up, dude. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Weird History Eerie Tales podcast. I am your host, Moses Sorry, and with me to my left is my brother, Josh. Yo, what's up? And to my right is Achi, who's back from, well, actually, just back. Yeah. Yes, who's back. I guess. Back again. This is a pity. Clap. And if At least I'm getting a clap. You getting clapped? I'm getting clapped. Man, cheeks about to get clapped. <laughs> and with your little freaking, should I move on? Carry on, hold carry on, on, carry on, carry on, carry on. Josh already announced that he's going he's to become the next freaking people hot ass rapper. And his first line is going to be what? 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 What's your first hot single? What's the first line your, your lyrics are going to say? <laughs> I can say it if you want. I can say it. My pussy small, but my money tall. It's going to be a hit. His rapper name is going to be Ariana Small. <laughs> I mean. And it's, if you, it's better than it's better than a little pussy. <laughs> and if you guys haven't know, and if you guys haven't noticed by the title, we're beginning our Jack the Ripper series. <laughs> and today, we're going to be talking about a few of the murders. Most of the murders, we're going to talk about suspects, you know, suspects, and something someone called the leather apron. We're going to be talking about how Jack the Ripper was actually being politicized around this time. 
yes, yes. And then we're going to talk about some more anti-Semitism, thanks to Achi's writing on the wall. Oh, my gosh. So, if you guys could do us a favor, sit back, and enjoy the show. The Whitechapel murders began, so we all know that the Jack the Ripper murders, they all occurred in an area called the Evil Quarter Mile. And we talked a little more about this on a previous mini-episode. So, if you guys want, you can check that episode out. And his victims, they were all all prostitutes. And considering no one was ever charged, it's impossible to know how many actual victims fell to the hands of Jack the Ripper. But we do know for a fact that the Jack the Ripper did have at least five victims to his name. Infamously known as the Canonical Five, which was comprised of Mary Nichols, Annie Chapman, Elizabeth Stride, Catherine Eddowes, and Mary Kelly. All of whom were murdered between August 31st and November 9th, 1888. But there were in fact... 11 Whitechapel murders around this time, two of which occurred right before Jack's first victim, Mary Nichols. Her name was Emma Smith. So in the early hours of April 3rd, Emma Smith was assaulted and robbed. She survived the initial attack but died of peritonitis the next day and was ruled legally as a willful murder by someone or persons unknown. But it's almost certain that Emma Smith was not a victim of Jack the Ripper, but it occurred literally right before Jack the Ripper's first victim, Mary Nichols. So if you listen to our last episode, my brother's talking about how this didn't fit the Jack the Ripper M.O., but it could have been him building up to his... It was uh, it was his warm-up game. Or or what would you call, or what'd you call it, the last episode? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Practice, Practice <laughs> makes perfect. You fucking animal. Yes, 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 yes. You gotta start cool, somewhere. Cool, cool, cool. So, then a, so then a few months later, at the crack of dawn on August 7th, the body of Martha Tabram was found on the first floor of a building in George Yard, a few hundred yards where Emma Smith had been attacked. Martha, she had suffered a brutal assault and 39 stab wounds, starting from her neck down to her abdomen. But this time, there was a lead provided by Mary Ann Connolly, nicknamed Pearly Paul, who was also a local prostitute. And she told police that she and Martha had been drinking and spent most of that night's evening with two soldiers. The couple split up with Mary Ann and her soldier going one way and Martha Tabram being led into George Yard. After a few attempts of trying to find these soldiers, the police came up with nothing again and Martha Tabram was also ruled as murdered by person or persons unknown so because no one knows who jack the ripper was and all his murders were legally put under murder by person or persons unknown all the murders that are going on around this time they're being killed by someone that no one recognizes or no one's being charged with so a lot of these murders are still unsolved and they're still legally ruled as murder by persons or person unknown so they kind of all are bunched together the only difference is that the canonical five they were fucking butchered they were slit yeah. throats and these early victims they weren't they were just killed just fucking stabbed i mean she was stabbed the shit over time 39 times but That's she was a lot of times dude but she wasn't nine times but she wasn't brutally fucking mutilated not like marianne and like, like the rest of them but like i mentioned because her injuries were not consistent with those of Jack the Ripper's Canonical Five, she was stabbed and not, quote-unquote, ripped. So Martha Tabor's uh, murder... Uh, see what I did there? So Martha Tabor's murder uh, is generally just ruled late. out as being the work of Jack the Ripper. 
which is strange considering that the that, her, that the killer did go for her throat and abdomen like Jack the Ripper. So right. there are similarities, yeah. but it's legally ruled as not part of the Jack the Ripper. But you could kind of see it, it's probably like a build up murder. For and this, yeah, this murder happened before the canonical five, right? Right before the canonical five, like literally right before. Yeah. Like all these murders. The warm up. Yeah. So there's so so Jack the Ripper claimed five for sure. Yeah. But there were eleven murders that happened around that same time before and after. Gotcha. It's but it's that same. It's in the same area. And they just weren't as brutally fucking ripped. Like yeah. I, I think that one wasn't. Uh, I think that was like ten miles out from Whitechapel. Yeah, that was the farthest away. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, but still, yeah. So regardless if these murders were linked by Jack the Ripper or not, there was a sense of dread that filled the area. The East London Advertiser had this to comment on this sense of dread. There is a feeling of insecurity to think that in a great city like London, a woman could be foully and horribly killed almost next to the citizens peacefully sleeping in their beds without a trace or clue being left of the villain that committed the deed. And this disgusting lingering feeling increased ten fucking fold when just three weeks after the murder of Martha Tabram, the body of a third prostitute was found, this time in a dark gateway off Whitechapel Road. It was the death of a whore. No, I don't sound funny in my head. But this uh, next victim <laughs> is known as Mary Nichols. Uh, I'm going to briefly discuss uh, a little bit of um, bile of her and then the finding of her corpse. So who was Mary Nichols? Who was Mary Nichols? Yeah, who was she? Who was she? Okay. So uh, Mary Nichols is 43 years of age of the time of her murder. Right, so she's 43. She stands five feet, uh, five feet tall, two inches, with gray eyes and graying hair. Right? Uh, she has she's gray, no, gray eyes. Yeah, gray eyes well, and graying hair. Yeah, fucking werewolf. She's a walker. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, she, White walker. Uh, she had front teeth missing. Oh, that's so that's just her look. That's so London look. So so she was giving <laughs> that's that. That's a London look. <laughs> that's <laughs> look. Get so, the London look. So she was giving that gummy gummy. Yeah, that's what I'm like. I was gonna oh. say that, but I was like, that's that's kind of fucked up. But she died a hundred years ago. It's okay. Now we're on that topic, bro. That, so, that not head. too soon. No, it's not too soon. It's over hundred fifty. It's like hundred fifty years. It's okay. <laughs> we got the plug. <laughs> Damn, we went there. We fucking went there. It's a weird history to tell <laughs> podcast. Sure of course, we have to go there. All right, well, let's go back a bit. In 1864, um, Mary Nichols married a man named William Nichols and had five children with him. Mary became an alcoholic, and her drinking habits became problematic. So she was just drunk, drinking from pub to pub to pub. Finally, uh, in 1880, William separated from Mary Nicole, took away the five kids, got full custody, but he uh, he was still nice enough to uh, to keep paying her, give, uh, giving her five shillings a week for her care. This immediately stopped when William found out that she was uh, a whore. She was prostituting herself. He was like, "Fuck that! I'm not I'm not giving you any more money." And then when they found her body, um, at, at the mortuary, William, this is what he stated after seeing. Uh, her ex-wife. It has come to a sad end at last. 
Damn, at last. At last. So like he, he said. Knew. Yeah, that's, that's what he, he said. He's like, this bitch is finally dead. Gummy's yeah. finally dead. <sighs> she gave a good head, but that's why he kept paying her money. She gave a good head. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> he was damn, part of. He was part of the process. Yeah, I mean, because there's no. I mean, he kept the kids. Why the fuck is he giving her money? Then not to support the kids. The the gummy gummy. <laughs> she said she that gummy gummy. Bro, we're going to hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. <laughs> So, Mary Nichols is known as the first victim of Jack the Ripper. Now, this is her bio, her mini bio. Now, we're going to uh, the finding of her body. On August 31st, 1888, at 3.40 a.m., a carriage man by the name of Charles Cross stumbled on the bundle by the gateway of a warehouse. So, this dude, minding his business, and he sees just a fucking what they call bundle, just fucking. Just a little ball. Yeah, a little ball there, right? And he gets close for inspection. Inspection gets closer and closer, and then bang, he sees the body of a woman. Woman just laying there, lifeless. Right. And he gets closer. He gets closer. And when he gets face to face with the corpse, he hears another footsteps behind him. And it's the footsteps of another of another carriage man by the name of Robert Paul who approach Cross. Immediately, they both kind of panic. They inspected uh, the body of this woman to see if she was uh, still alive still alive or not. Cross held her hand and he stated it was cold and Paul checked for breathing, but he wasn't he was unsure if she was still alive or not. So they both agreed to carry on with their day, but on the way towards their work, they're going to uh, uh, tell the first uh, police that they see about. The what the fuck? Okay. So they just, just like they checked it out. They're like, you "Good know morning." What? There's a body over there. Yeah, so they're just like, "Hey, pretty you know much, what? Pretty much, we didn't do it. It's none of our business." But if you see yeah. somebody, we'll tell somebody. So, so this happened quickly. Um, so after they agreed, then they left to uh, to go tell a policeman. So at three forty-five a.m., a police constable named Neil, who patrolled that area, got close to that uh, gateway warehouse. He shone his light to that figure, that bundle, and there it was a woman's body. With blood oozing from a deep cut in her throat. Minutes later, uh, the police constable Thane joined the scene. So I'm assuming. So I'm assuming this is a police constable that these two guys cross. When they- Paul went, told Thane, "Hey, we found a corpse here. Come That's check it, it out. It's yeah, body over there. Gotta go. Gotta get my fucking work ticket." So after arriving there. Fucking Neil sent Thane to go fetch Dr. Ralph, uh, which was a local surgeon. So Dr. Ralph, Dr. Ralph arrived to the scene a little after 4 a.m. and pronounced the victim dead. Dr. Ralph stated that she had not been dead for more than half an hour. Damn, so when they first ran up on her, she had just been fresh. Murdered? Yep. Or dying? Fuck. So, Dr. Ralph then ordered the policeman to transfer the body to the nearest mortuary. After the body was transferred, right, check this out. A resident began washing the blood from the gateway, removing All the and leaving only little evidence of the murder. Which is unfortunate because later on, Senior Officer Inspector John Spratley was sent there to inspect that scene 
He arrived in Buck's Roll, which was the area where they found um, Mary Nicole, to find nothing and nothing for him to do since the you know the action of that resident fucked up his job. In her defense, there's a bunch of blood in my fucking front porch. I'm washing the shit <laughs> out of that it. Shit up. I don't want my property value going down. So that's when uh, John Spratling, the inspector, was like, you know what? Fuck it. I have nothing to do here. Uh, let me go check out the corpse. So immediately he he, he rushed towards the mortuary to uh, to inspect Mary Nicole's, Mary Nicole's body. And he's checking her out, blah, blah, blah. And that's when he lifted up her clothing. He realized that her, her core, her abdomen was cut open. And she had a missing organ. She had a missing organ? Mm-hmm. Which was the uterus. uterus. Yeah. Jack the Ripper was collecting uteruses. Mm-hmm. Why? We do not know. What the fuck? So that was the finding of Mary Nicole. Um, that's how she was found. First victim, Jack the Ripper, which was kind of bummed out because later on, the um, Ellen, which is a good friend of uh, Mary Nicole, they were both... Um, they were at a junction, I guess. They were whoring around. <laughs> and Mary Nicole was like, look, I made a shitload of money this night. And Ellen was like, hey, let's call it a night. Let's go back to the lodge, which was like a cheap compensation place where... Where they just pay for... Yeah, they pay for the night. And it's just cramped up trash hotel, I guess. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm going to keep celebrating or keep soaking dick. And she went off, and little did she know, an hour and something minutes later, she met up with her demise. She went off. She literally went off. And that is the story and the finding of Mary Nicole. So Jack the Ripper's second victim, Annie Chapman, she was born Eliza Ann Smith in September 1841 in Paddington. In 1869, she married John Chapman, a Windsor coachman, coachman, by whom she had three children, one of whom, a daughter named Emily Ruth, who died of meningitis in 1882, and another son named John Alfred, who was confined to an institution for the disabled. So the couple had separated shortly after the daughter's death, allegedly as a result of Annie's heavy drinking. And this is going to be something that we're going to see over and over again with all his victims. They're all divorcees who were mostly left to their own devices because of heavy drinking. And a lot of them started heavy drinking because of certain things that were going on in their life. In Annie Chapman's case, she had a daughter, newborn daughter that died. Uh-huh. She had a son that's in a, uh, an, in- an institution for the disabled. So she has a fucked up life already. Yeah. She a prostitute too? They're all prostitutes. They all eventually go down to thoughting around. Selling that is. So Chapman, she made some. So so Chapman, her husband, he made some not so steady payments of ten shillings a week, up until his death in 1886. So after they separated, he was still sending her money, not every week, not frequently, but he was still from sending time her to time. from time to time. And so he died in 1880 in 1886, and that's when the payment stopped. And from then on, she supported herself by selling her crochet works. She was crocheting, and she was sending flake flower fake fake flowers but she made most of her money by prostitution Mm. so in her mid 40s Annie Chapman was short and um, plump to put it nicely plump she was plumped 
I would call her thick. Ah, but, but I don't know how thick one person could be if they're dying of consumption. She was dying of consumption. So I don't know. But whatever. She's short. She was short and stocky. Right. So prior to her death, she had a really bad, violent argument with another lodger at a crossing him at crossing Ham's lodging house where she had been staying at the last couple of months. So on the evening of September 7th, Annie Chapman nonchalantly arrived back at the lodging house after being missing for several days and told the manager that she had been sick and had been in the hospital. So to not be a dick, he let her sit in the kitchen for a while so she's not out in the streets for her to rest. But a little after midnight, the manager sent his assistant to collect money for her bed. He said, look, if you're going to spend the night, you got to pay me. But when the assistant saw Annie, he had seen that she had spent all her money drinking she had spent all her money on the booze in the kitchen she was fucked up and she had so the manager of the lodging house told annie chapman go fuck yourself fuck off yeah after she begged him to let her stay a little while longer he ordered his assistant to escort annie out of his place because you had money for beer but you didn't have money for a bed and i tell me like no like you spent all your money but the thing but the fucked up thing is yeah i'm spending my money for beer at your spot like i'm not going out i'm another giving bar. you money yeah but so at 5 30 a.m on september 8th a few hours after annie chapman was kicked out of the lodge a miss elizabeth long saw annie talking to a man and she didn't find anything suspicious and, and, and you know she didn't really want to fuck up annie's game like that so she just left annie do her thing and she went on her way but did later say that the man who had his back to her appeared to be foreign like, okay, you racist bitch. How the fuck is someone going to look right? How is someone going to look foreign when you're just staring at the back? Like, so, he, so he looks the, different. Hmm. Yeah, so that's what I, I mean. See his oh, face. He's different, different. Yes, yeah, so he's, he's, so, oh, so he's like, foreign. But not in the good way, though. Not not like the way Rick Ross talked about foreign women. Rick mm. Ross talks about foreign women where he's like, oh, they're foreign. Like, they're oh, a different they're tier. So the way she's saying is like, oh, he's foreign. Hmm. See, but, that, but that's how, like, that's how all these foreigners were being treated. How, like, Immediately, your friend died. You started talking to a dude. You didn't see what the fuck he looked like. He had a hat and a coat on and everything. And you're just like, oh, he looks foreign. Like, what the fuck? Like, fuck you. So this was on Hanbury Street, which had four stories, which had four story houses all throughout its sides. Damn. And he was seen talking to this man outside house number 29, which a total of 17 people lived at, one of who was John Davish who got up to go find work at 5.45 a.m., and as he walked downstairs, he turned along the narrow passageway to go outside when he saw something that sent him running into the street where he saw three men and begged them to follow, and begged them to follow him back into the dark alley into his house. The men thought about it for a few seconds because of fucking... I, I would be too. Because of fucking course. Like, it's 5.30 in the morning, so I'm just, hey, follow me, follow me. Uh, buddy, go fuck yourself. But they ended up following him. Yeah. Where he would lead them to the body of Annie Chapman. So the first police officer on the scene was Inspector Joseph Chandler, who was then joined at 6.30 a.m. by the police surgeon, Dr. George Baxter Phillips. So the surgeon later came to the conclusion that the killer had grabbed Annie Chapman by the chin. Like, how fucked up is that? He grabbed her by the chin. I don't know if he meant, like, chin-chin, or he meant, like, fat chin. Like, I don't know what it's, but he grabbed her by the chin. What if she had a little stubble? I, I wouldn't doubt it. So he grabbed her by the chin and he partially strangled her 
don't know what that means. Partially strangled her. Like he kind of choked her, I guess. Baby choke. Before cutting ch- her throat. What? Bef- so he choked her for a bit before cutting her throat. Attempting to sever her fucking head. head. The, the, it cut almost all the way back to the back of the, to the back of the neck. Her abdomen had been completely cut open from like, I think he said from like the, like the neck bone all the way down to like her torso. That like just completely fucking cut open. And her intestines had been lifted from the body and placed over her shoulder. What? Damn. The ripper had also cut out. I just threw up. And left the scene with Annie Chapman's womb. Mm. So Dr. Phillips, he would be the first to put out the idea of Jack the Ripper being a doctor or at the very least someone in the medical field for the skill displayed in order for him to like be able to cut. Yeah, take his (laughs) intestines out knowing what the fuck a womb looks like, how to take it out clean, shit like like that. Knowing exactly what to grab. And the fact that the quickness the Ripper made off with Andy Chapman's wound, he said like this was a quick kill. He knew exactly he was in and out. Oh shit, he was quick, quick. It was quick, quick. So... and that was it. That, that was, was it. The, that was, that was the end of <laughs> that was that was It was one for the grab, another one for the slice, and then for the abdomen and the freaking womb. That's it. Fuck. And how about his escape? Kill's already gone by the last one. Oh, shit. Just for the so, out. So after the body had been removed and sent to the mortuary, the local residents of House 29, they found out that they could charge any curious bystander to see the location of the murder from their very own windows that overlooked the site. Who, who did this? The people that lived in the house. Motherfucker. But outside Smart of ass. but outside of these entrepreneurs, Andy Chapman's murder was pretty fucking awful and actually sent a wave of terror and panic throughout the neighborhood. As residents were finally realizing that there was a monster on the loose. Because remember before, there were murders here and there. But it was just like, someone got murdered and then the murderer was caught. Yeah. Now it's getting to the point where like, fuck, there's like four or five murderers. They're murdering people from all over Whitechapel. And the dude's still not no fucking caught. Knows who this is. So many men went out in mobs determined to catch the killer. Or at the very least, try to get some vigilante vengeance on anyone they thought could be responsible or involved. That's fucking dangerous. And you can see how this is going to, you can see how, well, this got really bad real quick. So if you listen to our previous mini episode where I talk about the people of Whitechapel, you know the hardships that many immigrants faced when living in the East End of London, specifically the influx of Irish immigrants and later on the Jewish immigrants. Again, if you haven't, check that out. So it's of no fucking surprise that many of these mobs, they started harassing and attacking and taunting Jewish immigrants. They were just, they see a Jewish man out in the middle of the street. It's a ripper. And they just fucked him up. They were beating the shit out of him. The most fucked up part was they were taunting him, taunting them with no Englishman is capable of crimes such as these. Wow. So they were just beating the shit out of him. While just, saying that? Yeah. So first of all, I want to know how they were saying it. Was it in uniform? Was it like, was <laughs> it like pink spatters? Yeah, was it like people each one saying their own words? Like, no, no. English. <laughs> what? Like, they, was it in unison? They, they, was there harmonies involved? They heard, they heard our, our Atlantis episode. Oh, fuck. 
fuck that episode. <laughs> How dare you bring that shit up? Hey, that's, our, hey, that's our most that's our most listened to. When Which you, is stupid. When you go look at it, when you go look us up on iTunes, it says uh, the best episode or the most popular episode. It's Atlantis. It's episode oh one, Atlantis. God. I don't know why that episode is horrible compared, like in terms of like recording standard, like it's horrible. But it's our most listened to. Y'all need help. Y'all need help. <laughs> so we deceive people. So after, so imagine, dude, like people. Irish, I mean, Jewish immigrants are just getting their ass beat just for the sake of just getting their ass beat. It's fucked up because of the Jew. A, because of the anti-Semitism. Because they look foreign. Because they looked foreign. So, in an attempt, hold on, do they all have their backs turned against the crowd when they're getting beat up? Look at his back. He must be foreign. <laughs> so, in an attempt to stop this fucking horrible bout of anti-Semitism, a large number of police were drafted into the area from other parts of London. Oh, damn. So this is where we start getting, this is where things start getting messy. Yeah. Because other police are coming in. Different divisions. Other divisions to Whitechapel, but they're still reporting, not to the Whitechapel police, but they're to their re- own precincts. Their own, gotcha. So whenever a cop would find something and he was from another metrop- uh, like metropolitan area, yeah. he wouldn't tell the Whitechapel police. And I man, go fuck yourself. I found this. We're going to solve the Ripper murder. So there was different police There's precincts. Beef. So on top of that, they didn't want to give up all the evidence because they want to be the ones that they want to take the credit. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. So their presence made it seem to kind of deter the Jack the Ripper, at least for a while. And for a few brief days, the people of Whitechapel enjoyed a break from the Ripper's autumn of terror. Well, in the meantime, that's when a lot of, I guess, suspects started coming up. I mean, it didn't help that there was a lot of anti-Semitism happening around. And so they started kind of just picking and choosing who they wanted their suspect, suspects to be. Dude, this, this, what this reminds me of was of the Salem witch trials. Yeah. I knew you were going to see yeah. that. That's what it is. It's it's like, He's a witch. She's a witch. And they yeah. fucked her up. And this one's like, dude, oh, he's, he's a foreigner. He's Jack the Ripper. Up. And people just started fucking him up. You can't see his face. Turn around. Look at uh. his back. He's a Ripper. <laughs> Look at his fucking back. <laughs> Fuck. That's the back of a Ripper. That's the back of a Ripper. <laughs> he looked like a Ripper. Anyways, and one of them that that the, the police shortly after the, the murder of Mary Nichols that the police kind of found a, a suspect on because a lot of what they call local street walkers, basically people on the street just saying shit, yeah. uh, announced that there's a, this guy named by the name of or nickname of the Leather Apron who they thought was a suspect. This dude is ridiculous. And on top of that, <laughs> bad luck. It, it bad luck. I mean. He, this is a, the epitome of wrong place, wrong time. Period. <laughs> it, really is. it is. It is. It's Poor like, son of a bitch. It's like, dude, this shit is going down. Like you should and know. You, you should you know better. You, you should know better. You look suspect, boy. You look suspect. Just look at your back, bro. Have you not seen your back before? <laughs> suspect. Uh, fuck. And the reason why this look here's a description. The reason why this guy looks, uh, or they call him the le- the leather apron, and why they thought he was a freaking suspect is because, um, one. He wore the freaking garment, obviously, or else they wouldn't call him a leather, leather apron. But he mm-hmm. was basically a pimp. He was uh he was este, he had his own prostitutes, and whenever they, they wouldn't get him his money, he would freely just beat beat him the fuck up. Okay. Yeah. And so pimp it ain't easy. Yeah. And so the, since Never since is. most of these suspects or some most of these victims were prostitutes, it was just like, all right, red light. Yeah, like it's gotta, it's gotta be him. We're already, we're you're, you're already making your our job easier by fitting the part. And so, 
Um, Sergeant William Thick. They insisted that the leather apron, his actual name was John or Jack Pizer. Or Pizer. 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 I think it's, I, I think it's pronounced Pitzer. Pit, yeah. There's no freaking T. Problem. I don't know. I don't There's know. a lot of misspellings and shit. Anyways, um, so they started looking for this guy just to see, for for the most part, is he guilty or is he not? Can we eliminate him as, as a suspect? Because yeah. a lot of people are just saying that he is. But what didn't help this report at all was the fact that on September uh, the 5th, the Star newspaper started publishing shit about this guy. So it made it super easy for this guy to not label his, himself as a suspect because every time they write a report, obviously he would read it. And they're like, oh shit, they're doing a story on me. What the fuck? And so he already knew that the police was onto him. But because of all the anti-Semitism that was happening around, this, this is some of the descriptions that this newspaper oh, gave shit, of him. Oh shit. Yeah, those are pretty, some pretty bad descriptions. Lay it on us, bro. Expression is sinister and who seems to be full of terror for the women who describe it. His eyes are small and glittering. His lips are usually parted in a grin, excessively repellent. He, uh, he always carried a sharp knife and it also claimed that he is a Jew or of Jewish patronage his face being of a marked hebrew type mm, that goddamn jew like they, they don't even know who he was and they automatically <laughs> assume, like was they jew. started putting like dude this dude's a, like he looks funny it's yeah. basically what he said yeah like how the fuck do you have a repellent grin oh actually no i've seen i've seen people who smile i'm like dude this dude looks weird i'm not gonna i'm not gonna walk i'm i'm, I'm, I'm walk the opposite way but like yeah like the way they were described like they described him before they even knew who the fuck he was yep. They're just like, this is all word of mouth, basically. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like I said before, John already learned of, uh, of the police's suspicions. And he was basically falling victim to a mob of hysteria because now that he knew about it, he kind of wanted to keep low because now there's a shit ton of people who read this fucking newspaper who are most likely going to beat the shit out of him and they know who he is. Yeah, so he's stuck between hard... Hard play, what is rocking, it? A, a rocking rock, hard yeah, place, rocking hard places. For one, he needs to get his money. Yeah, so he needs to go out in the street and beat the shit out of his, you know. Yeah, and try to get his money. But at the same time, if you're beating up these women who are targets of Jack the Ripper, they be like, "Oh, it's Jack the Ripper." It's yeah. you. And on top of that, he he's walking around the middle of the night with a freaking knife. Yeah, and he had a leather apron too. And he had a leather. Apron. He had a legit leather apron. So yeah. like, so two, they're putting two and two together. It's like, what would you have a knife? Like yeah. all these people are getting cut up. Yeah, and you're, and you're walking around the middle of the night, and the thinking like, oh, that's why he's getting away with shit because he has an apron. All the blood gets stained on the apron. He could just take the apron off, throw it away, hide it, and he's wearing his regular body, I mean, his regular clothes. No, no one's the wiser. Mm-hmm. And so they keep on saying more descriptions about him, more publications. Uh, it is told. What is it? The man is a questionably mad, and if anybody would have met his face to face, you would know it. His eyes are never still. But they're always shifting uneasily, and he never looks at anybody in the eye. Like, who? Who the fuck? But you're going to find out why they're doing this in our next episode when we talk about the fucking newspaper hysteria around Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Like, like, fuck with, like, I'm just going to bring this up. But one of the thing is, around this time, this is the time in history where most people are learning how to read. Most yeah. people know how to read, even the poor people. So a lot of newspapers 
and uh, like newspaper companies and things like that. They're like, oh shit, we have a whole different class that could read, that know how to read. So they're just pumping out fucking newspapers because, like, remember, like I said, at this time, London was the hub of the world. Most of the richest and poorest people were here. There are so many people, so they're like, fuck it, we could just start selling newspapers left and right because everyone's fucking reading. So Jack the Ripper kind of started the whole tabloid sensationalism with Jack the Ripper, and they were just, they just needed a pump. If, they, if someone working at a newspaper heard someone talking about Jack the Ripper, they didn't care if it was facts or true. They didn't give they a fuck. They just published it. Published it and just threw it out there, and that's what happened with Pitzer. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for him, he was caught in the whole Jack the Ripper hysteria, yeah. and he was kind of like the boogeyman for a few days. Mm-hmm. All day he was just like fuck, 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 yeah. fuck, fuck. Just walking fuck. But then eventually, on September the 10th, Sergeant Thick was basically like, you know what? Let's just fucking find him. Let's talk to this this guy to see if it's true. So he tracked him down, arrested him, and he was able to pr- provide two legit alibis of the two most recent murders and basically root him out as a suspect. There's that theory. Mm-hmm. Another theory. And it's in the documentary that we watched. It's called Jack the Ripper Declassified, I think, where they talk about the police only said that because he walked into the newspaper company and said, I'm going to sue the shit out of you motherfuckers. So you better take my name out and give a retract statement that I wasn't this motherfucker. So they had to do it. And they paid and and they paid. So they gave him a lot of money. And he went to the police like, I'm going to sue the shit out of you guys, too, because you guys are doing bad shit to my name. Yeah. So the police, no, 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 don't worry about it. Just we'll just say that you're in here. We'll just, you're we'll just clear, yeah. we'll clear you and you're good yeah. to go. So there's like in that documentary, they explain how this dude just walks into this place. Fuck you, 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 Get you. Get my money. Get my fucking money. Put in the newspaper that I'm innocent. Say another word. Let him go talk to the police and I'm gonna beat the shit out of them, too, because he was a pretty big dude. Uh, he goes in and he tells the same thing. The cops are like, no, 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 don't worry. Because I remember another thing, too. Around this time, the police were getting shitted on. And you can learn about that more on our fucking previous episode oh, when my brother explains so about badly, it. So they badly. were just, they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. They were fucking shit up left and right. Before the Jack the Ripper murders, the police were even seen as fucking incompetent. So now that there's a fucking serial killer in the loose, they're blaming people. The police are, they have a bad image. So imagine if fucking word gets out that they're fucking pointing fingers at innocent people. They don't want that out. So they're just like, you know what? You're innocent. You're good to go. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. Here's some uh, shut the fuck up money. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. So before we continue with some of the more with the rest of the murders, I just wanted to touch up on the effects that these murders are having on London with Jack the Ripper claiming with Jack the Ripper claiming two victims thus far. So like I mentioned earlier in the episode, the Jack the Ripper murders, they were being politicized and it's not and it's. It sounds weird, but you can't. But how times are right now, it's easy to see how, especially today, where everything's being politicized. Yeah. Why Jack the Ripper was being politicized as well during back in those days. So it should be. So it should not be as a total surprise to anyone to hear that Annie Chapman's murder, but more specifically, the Jack the Ripper was beginning to be politicized. Many social reformers began to, and I say this rightfully so. Demand for a change in the area using Jack the Ripper and his victims as kind of a horrible platform. Many began to use them as an example of how horrible Whitechapel was, and they used the murders of Jack the Ripper to shine a light on the awful social conditions that were the daily norm for thousands of men, women, and children 
who lived on the opposite end of the city of London, the world's wealthiest square mile at the time. After Annie Chapman's death, the Daily Telegraph put in print this. Dark Annie's dreadful end has compelled a hundred thousand Londoners to reflect what it must be like to have no home at all except the common kitchen of a low lodging house. To just sit there, sick, weak, bruised, and wretched, for the lack of four pence with which to pay for the right of a bed, to be turned out after midnight to earn the requisite pence anywhere and anyhow, and in the course of earning it, to come across your murderer and to caress your assassin. So right now, they're, they're saying like, dude, this is how fucked up Whitechapel is. A lot of these people don't have fucking anywhere to live. And the reason why Annie Chapman died is because she had nowhere to go. Why did she have nowhere to go? Because they're fucking poor. Imagine, you need to go out and whore yourself to make money. Just that way you can live and have a place. Just so you can have a place to spend at night. And the reason you died was because you were trying to make money to pay for a fucking bed. So shit's going out. It's a double-edged sword, it, bro. It's like, it's you horrible. You want to live? Whore yourself out. You whore yourself out, you're going to die. die. So it's like, fuck. Damn. And it wasn't long before the media and many others were beginning to paint Jack the Ripper as a creature spawned by the dreadful conditions of the area slum. So at this point, they're blaming Whitechapel. Like, this is... Jack the Ripper happened because of how horrible Whitechapel is. Not because... Of some crazy lunatic, some crazy asshole, some, you know, it's just, they're blaming ah, Whitechapel. They're like, the spawn. Yeah, it yeah. happened because of how horrible this place is. Yeah. So on September 18th, in a letter to the Times, Sidney Godolphin Osborne warned this. Oh, oh. We have far too long been content to know that within a walk of palaces and mansions, where all that money can obtain security, can contribute to make human life one of luxury, there have existed tens of thousands of our fellow creatures begotten and reared in an atmosphere of godless brutality. A species of human sewage, the very drainage of the vilest production of ordinary vice. Such sewage ever on the increase, and its increase forever developing fresh depths of degradation. Just as long as the dwellings of this race continue in their present condition, their whole surroundings, a sort of worn of foul alleys garnished with the flaring lamps of the gin shops and offering to all sorts of lodgers, for all conceivable wicked purposes, every possible accommodation to further brutalize, we shall have still to go on affecting astonishment that in such a state of things we have outbreaks from time to time of the horrors of the present day. So she, this is kind of fucked up because she's making it seem like fucking Whitechapel is just horrible, horrible. It's, it's, it's shitty. But she's dehumanizing the shit out of everybody in Whitechapel, calling them fucking creatures, saying they're human sewage. But this is what they're doing because they, they're trying, you know, they're trying, like, they're playing the political game. Yeah. So they're trying to paint an ugly picture for them to look like a hero for them to get votes and things of that nature. Right. So. She's going like, oh, these fucking animals over there. Like, she's being she's dehumanizing the shit out of them. Yeah. But, like, it sucks the way she's doing it, but they're doing it for a reason because, yeah, it, it's fucking horrible. And it's gotten to the point where now, after the second Jack the Ripper murder, Whitechapel and its slums and its horrible condition 
it's starting to spread. Before it was just like everyone around Whitechapel knew it. It was just like, oh yeah, that place is horrible. Don't go there. Right. But now it's like outside of London. The fucking Queen was hearing about shit like Queen Victoria was hearing about shit like this. Bunch of high politicians, like good media news outlets that were starting to cover this. And this letter, it actually inspired a political cartoon character of Jack the Ripper, which became a symbol of the crimes and of the social conditions of Whitechapel. And you guys could look up this if you'd like right now. It's called The Nemesis of Neglect. Or you could just go to our Instagram at Weird History Retails Pod to check that out, plus much more. So basically, what this cartoon is, is just a shrouded knife-like wielding phantom just drifting through the East End. It's just like this creature that's just going around because no one knows what the fuck it looks like. So they're politicizing him in the newspapers and on, they, they put a headband on him. It's called the, uh, some of the cartoons they put crime. So they're like, oh, oh he's supposed he, to be a symbol of, of crime. And then like the blade had like race, had racism written on it. So okay. it's just like, it's just they politicize the shit out of it. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah, so it sucks that it was being politicized. Yeah, it looks like. <laughs> what? Your face is disappointed. You're shit on it. What, what does it look like? Wait. It looks like the creeper from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> it looks like the cre- creeper from Scooby-Doo with the freaking, with the Snuggie on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, like that's what he, that, like they politicize the shit out of yeah. it. And they use that character throughout this whole media thing. And to this day, like no one knows what the fuck it looks like. So they're just like, fuck it. We're just painting him as this fucking weird ass ghost and shit. So as the fear of the Ripper grew, so did the panic. And there were people calling for the closing of not only the lodging houses in East End, but of all of Whitechapel to just tear it down and build it back up. Damn. This was... Ho- this was that's, what they, that, that's what their plan was? They were, ta- they were calling like, we need to just close this shit down, burn everything down, and build it back up. The only problem was half a million people lived in fucking Whitechapel. Where the fuck are you going to put all these people? So many people. How long is this place going to take to burn build them, up? Burn them with the house. <laughs> <laughs> burn them all. Fuck. They all stink. As we're Look at their backs. And then gent- gentrification was invented. <laughs> That's the start of gentrification. <laughs> Fuck. Damn. But there was so much talk about the Ripper. So much talk about the Ripper murders. that, I, Like I mentioned, fucking Queen Victoria had to get involved. And her involvement was a big... What the fuck? She demanded that the streets of Whitechapel be lit at night. Whitechapel had no lights. Yeah, no street lights. No street lights. Just so she's like, wait, what the fuck is going on? There's no street. Put fucking street lights. That's why. <laughs> that's why <laughs> fuckers been getting that's cut. Why everyone's, that's why you just can't catch. How are you gonna catch them when you can't fucking see? That's why you call it foreigners. Their back wasn't turned. That's just actually their front. Like fuck, dude. Like there was no fucking street lights. She's like, no, no, no. Put some motherfucking street lights <laughs> down there. I she's guarantee gonna, she's going to stop. <laughs> Jack the Ripper's like, fuck. Yeah, so she put the street lights. I mean, and it helped, I guess. It made things a lot safe. For the main streets? For, For the, the main, main streets. Street. But it didn't keep the Jack, the Rip, Jack the Ripper's next victim, Elizabeth Stride. No. Safe at all. No one's safe, bro. No one's safe. Well, well not if you're a hooker. Prostitute. Prostitute, yeah. not a hooker. Prostitute. You ain't safe. You ain't safe. So, Queen Victoria, huh? She got involved. She's like, what the? Yeah, she's like, what the fuck's going on over there? And they the, the, the bring her up to her. And she's like, 
how come they can't see just for this light time like why don't they have because she's living in fucking London London yeah oh like, London London so she's like fuck we got lights up the ass like we can see everything and they're like oh well they have no lights why the fuck don't they have lights <laughs> put lights at fucking Whitechapel and they did they put on the, like those cool ass lanterns oh hell like, like yeah. those Victorian gothic lanterns yeah I kind of wish that was her actual expression why the fuck don't <laughs> they have lights <laughs> the fuck you mean they got no lights Pointing at the message. What the fuck? They're like, what are lights? The fuck? The fuck you mean it's dark? <laughs> yeah. So just like you mentioned, the next victim is known as Elizabeth Stride. Elizabeth was born in Torslanda, Sweden, 1843. She moved to London in 1866 and married a man by the name of John Thomas Stride. Unfortunately, in 1877, Elizabeth and John separated. Elizabeth was also nicknamed Long Liz. Why? I don't know. I never got to the bottom of it. Her Why name she was, was Long Liz? Her nickname was Long Liz. She had because she was tall. She was really she was tall and slender. Mm, they called her Long Liz. Long Liz. <laughs> this I'll is, be mad as fuck. This, this is gonna sound funny. Okay. And I don't mean this in a funny way. So don't take this. I'm being honest. Okay. Some people said she had a long neck too. <laughs> She had a, like a long neck. She had a long neck. So she had a lot of neck room. So she got a, a long, a long throat. She <laughs> got a long throat. Yeah. Is that what you were saying? I didn't say it. Is that what you were That's what you implied, though. No, I'm just saying they called her the throat long game list. was long. <laughs> Pretty sure most of the clients were not long. So she had multiple clients in one long neck. That doesn't make sense because they're not. Shut up, bitch. They're not stacking on up, each other to make a fucking. <laughs> what? A long leg of dick. She could. St- Pinocho dick? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, bitch. <clears throat> yeah, but they call the long legs because she was tall uh, and slender. This is, where, and slender. this is where our listeners who are listening to us in the office immediately turn off the episode. Turn off, yep. No. First of all, why would they be listening to us in the office, dude? Well, f- it, it's office game is slow. Turn You're on right. our podcast. You're right. But hopefully now it's speakers. Fuck it. We're vulgar as fuck. Carmen listens to us in the well, fucking Carmen, office. Carmen, you're fucking there up, you bro. There you you are fucking up. There you go. Thank you, Carmen, by the way. Yes. Thank you. Where so the long fuck was I? Long there you go. Long, long neck. All right. Cool. <laughs> so uh, so I, w- I was hesitant of saying that, but I'm like, this is gonna, but I have to. Like, no, you have to. You have to. Like, we're still piece of shit. Fact. All right. So uh, long legs began uh, the downfall of her life with the introduction of alcohol and sadly, eventually selling herself as a prostitute. This is the lifestyle of all Jack the Ripper's victims. So moving on to the finding of Elizabeth Stride's body. In 1888, Elizabeth Stride was off and on living at a common lodging home, like I stated before, which is a cheap accommodation for sleep and eat, where she, uh, she cleaned rooms. So she was hired to clean rooms from time to time. Uh, Stride will spend her daily six pence for her works and around 6.30 p.m. is which means she will go to a pub named Queen's Hat and which is located at a junction of fashion and commercial streets where she'll just drink money, spend money and drink. Um, one night by 7 p.m. she would return to the lodging house to get ready to go out. A witness stated that she just looked ready to go out on a splendidful date from a whore. And this happened around 7.30 p.m. is when she left. 
She was then spotted in the rain around 11 p.m. with the company of a man that stood five foot five, well dressed. He was hugging and kissing her and seemed like he was a respectable man. Because they saw him, they didn't see his back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this you know is the why? part. Because they had lights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did have lights at this point. Um, this is where it's kind of fucked up. Uh, two men that spotted this couple, quote unquote couple. Uh, one of them bantered, "Watch out! That's the leather apron getting around you." Nonchalant as a joke. Little did they know. That was Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. <laughs> so, like I stated, many people witnessed this quote-unquote couple, but one of the most important witnesses that became important to the policeman was of an individual named by Israel Schwartz, a Hungarian Jew turned into, uh, into the street called Burner Street around 12.45 a.m. and noticed a man walking ahead of him. The man... Stopped to talk to a woman who was standing in the gateway of Duffield's yard. Schwartz later stated that the woman he saw was definitely Elizabeth Stride. Because you know why? Long neck. Long neck. He knew. He recognized. They the had throat. lights. Oh. 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 Shit. Okay. Right. Okay. So we're with, oh, all right. So. Uh, so we're going to hell. Yeah. So we're going to hell. Okay. So. <laughs> Israel and, Schwartz and they, and they saw her long neck. Yeah. So. Israel Schwartz. Technically witnessed the early stages of the murder of Elizabeth Stride. Schwartz saw the man who was trying to pull the woman into the middle of the street, but instead threw her further away in the footway. The woman screamed three times. So this is what he did. Schwartz then crossed the street to avoid getting involved. (laughs) He's like, I don't want anything to do with this. Sorry, you're on your own. Chivalry's dead. So, uh, and so are you. <laughs> so, this is where it gets oh, a little bit creepy for, uh, for Schwartz. He, he then stated that there was a second man posted by a lighting area where he was smoking his pipe. Smoking pipe. Just smoking a pipe and standing as if he was smoking watching. Doobie. Yeah, as, as, as he was watching guard for something. Probably for... The man who was uh, beating the shit at uh, beating the shit of uh, Elizabeth Stride. So once he noticed Schwartz, he yelled the word Lipsky. People are assuming this is a cold word for the other man, hence the leather apron or Jack the Ripper. And after that, the second man began following Schwartz, but oh, Schwartz shit. reacted immediately and just bailed, just started running, hitting corners, alleys, and he safely got away. But also remember, Lipsky was also used as a slur word for the Jewish it community. It was. So back then, so Archie hasn't listened to our our previous episode because he's an asshole. So oh, that guy. So, so Lipsky um, at that. So one of the reasons why uh, the Jewish community was really villainized, yeah, was aside from them being looked at as stealing Englishman jobs, there was a murder situation that happened between two Jewish. People, a man and a woman. The man was named Lipsky, and he put nitric and he poured nitric acid down a lady's throat. Oh shit! She died. He got hanged. He got hanged, and he got killed too. But the damage had been done. So when murders were being happening, they were like, "Oh, 
the Jewish community, they're always killing each other. Not only that, his name, last name, Lipsky, was used as a slur word for a Jewish person. Right. So you, so it's kind of like the N-word or like spig, things like that. Yeah, they yeah. were just using, like, oh, look at this fucking Lipsky. Gotcha. So right now, the fact that he said Lipsky, a lot of people, like, it's either like, he was shit. offending. It was offending Schwartz, Schwartz. or yeah. he was so, the second man. You think that case, Jack the Ripper was definitely not Jewish? I have no, I have no, no idea. idea. I have no idea. Like this, this could have been a like. No one knows if like this. This is the last time she was seen alive by Schwartz. Right. No one knows if they're actually the ones that killed her, or if Jack the Ripper maybe they just beat the shit out of her, took her money, because a lot of times a lot of prostitutes were getting robbed. Right. They would get mugged. robbed. They would get robbed. I'll be mad, bro. Sucking dick all day. We talked about it. We did. We talked about it. I'll be pissed. So, but also, like, I don't know if you're going to mention it about the, oh, go on. Just, just go on. I'll mention it after. See if you mention it or not. No, say. Well, because of the, because of the Schwartz, um, him talking to the police, a lot of people, this is where the theory came out where, like, Jack the Ripper is probably not just one dude. Probably multiple, multiple group of people, which is why they're able to get away. Some dude makes the cut, he goes away, gives a womb and uterus to this dude, or yeah, they are just split yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, they just completely split up. So this is where Smart. the so this is where the theory of like Jack the Ripper is not just one person; it could be multiple people. And this is one, one another reason too is because this is the first of a double event that happens where two prostitutes that were killed. In the same, not only the same night, but like within an hour of each other on separate ends of Whitechapel. Oh yeah. So that Schwartz's thing and then the double event thing. There's no fucking way. People are like, it's it's probably just more than one dude. There's no way it's one fucking dude. So I don't know, man. The way you described him, how quick he was. How quick I was see. he? How quick, Bro, how quick was he? <laughs> see? Can, can he's already smell on that. He's already on the <laughs> side of East London. <laughs> he's saying no. <laughs> I could T T T W I P T W I P. No, <laughs> no, you say it, say. It. Oh, so it's T W E E. That's there's no T in the front. T H T H. Man, fuck you. Go on. That's a freaking infinite amount of F's and one T. You're all fucking stupid. See, that's why we can't get higher than four stars. Because <laughs> she like this. Fuck. She like this. So yeah, so that was the end of Schwartz. Uh, he ran away and blah blah blah. And then at one a.m., Louis Diem Schutz. Pretty sure I butchered the shit out of his last name. He was a steward. Returned to Dutchfield Yard, where they where this happened. Schwartz and the whole uh, domestic violence was happening, and found the bloody corpse of a woman. Her throat was slashed and stabbed and left for dead. He ran off shouting murder and police, hoping to find a police constable on his way while shouting. And they did. He found a police, came, found the corpse. And that was the third victim of Jack the Ripper. The third of his strike. The third victim and the first of something called the double event. Oh, shit. The second victim, her name was Catherine Eddowes. This is the second victim of that night, but the fourth of Jack the Ripper. So Catherine Eddowes was born in Wolverhampton, and in her early 20s, she had taken up with an army pensioner, Thomas Conway, whom she claimed she had married. 
They had three children, but they separated due to Catherine's heavy drinking. Hmm. Shortly after, she became involved with an Irishman named John Kelly and stayed together until her death. In September 1888, the couple went hop picking in Kent. Hop picking, you know, hops, the shit you put in beer? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, they left London to go try to make money. Hot picking, they didn't make dick, so they ended up coming back to they London. They didn't make dick. So they returned to London on September 27th and spent the night at the Shoe Lane Casual Ward. Here is where she was overheard multiple times as she only came back to claim the reward that was being offered for the Whitechapel murder because she knew who it was, who he was. Oh, she mm. knew who he was. The superintendent <clears throat> of the hotel of the thing told her to be careful that she didn't end up being murdered herself. And allegedly... That sounds sus. Well, it's because she's going around telling people, I'm just here to collect my money. I know who the fuck this motherfucker is. She's telling a bunch of people. And the dude's like, hey... Be- before she went in to go tell the police about that? Yeah, because she's, she's, she's spending the night at this lodging house and she's telling people... Yeah, it's starting to look a little... Yeah. So she's telling people and the dude's like, hey, like, be careful. You don't want to get murdered. And she allegedly replied with, oh... There's no fear of that. Oh. Wrong. So at 8.30 p.m. on September 29th, two days later, Catherine Eddowes, she had been arrested for causing a drunken disturbance. Hmm. She was taken to Bishop Gates Police Station and was locked in a cell where her drunk ass fell asleep. So she fell asleep, whatever. (sighs) Sobering up around midnight, she was let go at 12.55 a.m. And as she left the police station, the dude, the police officer... PC Hut told her to close the door behind her and she responded with good night you old cock walking off in the direction of Houndsditch Hut later estimated that it would have taken her about eight minutes to reach Mitra Square her where she died so Mitra Square is an enclosed area which had large imposing warehouse buildings so it's like this little like like you've seen it, like it'd be like if you go in between buildings, like each building has like a backyard. It's like a little area where it's literally buildings all around this little area with like a little park, little benches, like yeah. things of that nature. There were large empty houses and a shop on one side of the enclosed area, two other houses, which one was owned by a policeman, all huddled in between large houses. So this place was completely closed, it was co- completely closed up. Yeah. And this area only had three entrances a wide one that led from Metro Street. A narrow, a narrower one on its northeast corner, and a long narrow church passage that led from the southeast corner out onto Duke Street. So there's only three ways in to this little area. So it's not like it's like a regular street. Like you, if you're in there or you're going, you're gonna be able to see anybody's there. So at 1:30 a.m., PC Walk, Watkins of the city police was passing through the southeast corner and found the square to be empty and quiet. So he just dipped and kept doing his thing. He's on his beat. He's like, all right, I walked walk in here. No one's here. Cool. I'm out. But five minutes later, three men, Harry Harris, Joseph Levy, and Joseph Lond, left a club on Duke Street, and they passed a man and a woman who were quietly chit-chatting at the intersection of Duke Street and the church passage hmm. that led into the square. The man didn't see the woman's face as she had her back turned to them, but one of the men... Joseph Levy later made his identification of it being Catherine Eddowes by her clothing. So later on, 
when they found their bodies, like, oh shit, that's the chick I saw that was right outside. Chit chatting. Yeah, chit chatting. Fuck. However, Joseph did get to see the man's face. Oh. Is he dead? And described them as having an appearance of a sailor. I don't know what that means. He was about 30 years old, around 5 feet 9, medium build with a fair complexion, and a small mustache. This is super vague, but this is all they have going. Look like a sailor. What does that even mean? I'm just picturing here, like, you know, in Pokemon, the... <laughs> the digi were fighting St. Anne, the guys, the sailors, the one that had the little sailor hat. Yeah. With the bandana. Buff ass dudes. Buff ass. That's, that's what I'm Some trash ass Pokemon. They look like a yeah. buff ass Donald Duck or what? Exactly. <laughs> but since the couple had just been talking, I didn't suspect anything. He didn't really pay any attention. And later on, stated that he wouldn't be able to identify the man if he would see him again. So I don't know how you're going to describe someone and then say, but if I would see him, I wouldn't recognize him. Then what the fuck are you describing? Wait, what? Yeah, he said, like, he's, this. this, this so he gave the description of the person uh, Catherine Eddowes was talking to, but then later admitted, but if I would see him again, I don't think I'd recognize him. Just because how, this is how vague the fucking description was. Description was, yeah. He was, he was lit. That's why. So at 1.44 so a.m., P.C. Watkins, the police officer, police officer, he walked back onto his route, walked back to his beat to Mitra Square. 15 minutes after his first walk around, and found Catherine's body in a pool of blood in the dark southwest corner. She was fucked up and fucked up bad. Her throat had been cut almost to the fucking spine. Her abdomen had been ripped open and ridiculously mutilated. V-shaped incisions that pointed upwards toward her eyes had been carved into her cheeks. She had incisions that would go up and down on both cheeks, pointing at her eyes. God damn. Her eyelids had been pierced through, so there were piercing marks on her fucking eyelids, as well as her earlobes. The tip of her nose had been sliced off, and half her uterus and her left kidney had been taken. And this is 15 minutes. 15 minutes. In the span of 15 minutes of his first beat. So I just under something. This dude was fast as fuck. Do it again. That's it. That was quick as fuck, dude. <laughs> also, Jeez. one of the things they noticed was there was a long piece of her apron that was missing. So they were maybe thinking like, oh, this is where they took the uterus or whatever, or the womb or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to elaborate a little bit on that a little later. I will. I will. <laughs> I will. I will. So, uh, so Watkins, he obviously scurried the fuck out of here and sounded the alarm within a few minutes policemen were arriving and storming the square from all directions but it was too late jack the ripper had gotten away again so in this little area there's a like i said there's a bunch of warehouses so a george morris who was a retired police officer who was working as a security guard in the warehouse literally across from the murder spot like she was killed here he worked in the warehouse there. Mm-hmm. He explained that he was confused as fuck. Oh, shit. He was literally stunned. He was literally like, what the fuck? That someone could have not only gotten killed without him knowing, 
but that someone could have gotten butchered right next to him and he not have a fucking clue. He was so confused that someone could die close to him and, and him not like not noticing. Know about it. Yeah. And according to the Illustrated Police News, Morris had this to say. Morris could hear footsteps of the policeman as he passed by on his beat every quarter of an hour. So that it appeared impossible that the woman could have uttered any sound without him detecting it. It was only on the night that he remarked to some policeman that he wished the butcher would come around Mitchell Square. He wished he would try to kill someone next to him. Because if he would, he would give him a doing. Jack the Ripper said, fuck you. And he did just that. The butcher did shoot through. And he did kill someone. And Morris had no fucking clue. That's a top. There. And this is another... Th- and this is... This leads to a more speculation of who Jack the Ripper was. Like, he was killing people. So, there's a theory going around that like, he must have been an ex-cop. Or he was in it with the police. Or he had a contact with the police. Because he's killing people on policemen's literal beat while they're on opposite ends. Mm. So he must, does he have a schedule of where the cops are? He scoped them out? Or is it just, he's just lucky? Nah, I can't write time like, rap yeah, plays. I doubt it. I'm pretty sure he did his his homework. Yeah, so. He has to. So that was the second. And he timed it 15 minutes? Or even less? Yeah, because his beat started at 1.30. Fucked off, came back at 144, saw the body. He's like, What the fuck? Fucking cop. He had one job. <laughs> Just one job. But I'm really seeing that with these murders, each of them are getting more and more gory. Like there's more happening with each of them. Just wait. Just wait till next up. Well, wait till we get to Mary Kelly. That that's a whole different story. But yeah, that was Catherine Eddowes, the second victim of Jack the Rippers. Double event. So you, you mentioned that there was an, a, a piece of an apron that was missing. Yes. And so around 2.55 a.m., uh, police, what was it again? The thing that you mispronounced? Oh, that's you say it. Constable, you fuck. Constable. No, the name of the cop. Oh, uh, no, police uh, constable. Talking, oh, constable. Uh, Alfred yeah. Long, he found the missing portion in a doorway in Wentworth model dwellings on Golsting Street. And when he found it, piece had blood, had shit on it, and it's obvious that the blade was wiped off with this. So more than likely, he probably st- stole that piece. But cut to, it off to, to cut the- off whatever he needed to cut off, found it in a different spot, and then just wiped the blade and just freaking left it there. And on top of that, to make matters worse, or you know, even more suspect when he stood up, there was a, a, a message that was chalked out on the wall directly above where he found the apron. And it read this. The Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. And Jews was spelled J-U-W-E-S. J-U-W-E-S. And mm-hmm. one of the one of the things we're going to explain later on on one of the suspects, one, there's a lot of illiterate people that they looked at and one of the people that like that's one of the suspects that like he doesn't know how to spell right 
So this points to this person. But that's the only thing that pointed to him. Like he was a suspect because he was around the area. But that that's the only thing. So the only reason they get the suspect was named suspect was because he was dumb and he was in the wrong area. That's mm-hmm. the only reason. But that's an interesting thing about that happened with that with that with that graffiti was the way they spelled Jews. J-U-W-E-S. And there's some other theory. Like, there's a bunch of theories about who the killer was. One of the things, like, princes and, like, noble people or whatever. But one of the things was there was a... um, It was, like, made up or whatever. But one of the things was that it was a high person in the government who did it. And the way they spelled Jews was the way they used to spell it in the old times. And this Which dude was... the U? With the U-W-E-S. And this dude was connected to, like, an old, like, secret fucking... Society. Secret something. society. And they spelled the way... They spelled things differently. Right. This is one of the words they would spell differently. Oh, it's this motherfucker. But then they're like, no, this dude was in Africa the whole time. So it's like something like that. But it's like, there's a, but that's the that's the one of the most interesting things about that was not only was the it was the anti-Semitism behind it, but it was yeah. the misspelling of the word Jews. It was pointing out to a certain person or people. Yeah. Yeah. And so then once they found that message, moments later, another officer arrived at the scene and long asked this officer, hey, hold on, stay here. I'm going to go freaking give this apron to evidence uh, at the police station, the com- commercial street police station, while I'm back. Soon later, another precinct came in, the Metropolitan Police. And they're gathering around, looking at, at the graffiti, and they're they're fearing if the message was left there, what will happen? They're thinking that because of everything that's happening around with an- anti-Semitism, that there's going to be a freaking uproar if this message is seen. So what do they do, actually? fucking dumbass and so what let me see who who was it yeah call this motherfucker out this motherfucker who are you you gonna be a snitch the daniel haas from the city police suggested hey we should clear out the jews are only erase that shit and they keep everything else as evidence because if you know people pass by in time for them to see that then they're gonna freaking cause an uproar but then, the, who was it? Superintendent Arnold from the Metropolitan Police was like, no, 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 no. Keep it. It's evidence. We need, to, we need to see what the hell this is. And then, soon later, between 5 to 5.30, that's when I think one of you guys mentioned this, Sir Charles Warren? Warren. He came in and he's like, we got to take this shit off completely. They scrubbed it off. And then before a photograph of it could even be taken... They freaking cleaned it up. That's fucking horrible, man. Scrub, 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 scrub. And so the police commissioner from the, the or who is it? Major Smith from the city police commissioner or the the acting city police commissioner was like, what the fuck are you doing? But then later on, freaking Warren was just like, no, nah, no, nah, it had to be done. And this was this was his uh, reason as to why. It was getting... It was just getting light. The public would be in the streets in a few minutes. The neighborhood was very much crowded on Sunday mornings by Jewish vendors and Christian purchasers from all parts of London. The writing was on the jam of the open archway of the doorway visible to anybody in the street and cannot be covered up without danger of covering of the covering being torn off at once. After taking onto consideration the excited state of the, the population in London, the strong feelings which had been excited against the Jews and the fact that the short time uh, there would be a long, large concourse of people in the streets, I considered it desirable to obliterate the writing at once. I do not hesitate myself to say that if the writing had been left, 
there would have been an onslaught upon the Jews, property would have been wrecked, and the lives would probably have been lost. So pretty much he was saying, fuck you. I have to do it. I got to do what I got to do. And and like this is one of the problems with having outside jurisdictions coming into Whitechapel without having an actual leader head. Yeah. Like, like and that was the thing. Like the city of London is like, yeah, we'll just throw more cops over there. That should help the situation. But the thing is, no one's communicating. No one's talking with each other. Le- the fucking superintendents and chiefs and everybody else, they're trying to one-up each other. Like, no, no, this is my area. Yeah, it's your area, but I am a higher rank. Listen to me. You got to talk to and this me. Is, and this is the shit that happens. You erase fucking evidence. Like, this is no, like, we don't know if we could have, if they could have used the way they wrote, the, the way they wrote it. They could have used that with people. Like, it's just gone. The only thing they could use was just the phrase. They can't yeah. use of what if this person did Jay's well, weird or yeah. U or W the style so. and like they, the freaking the type of chalk that was used or look at say. And then another cool, cool, interesting thing was that recently that piece of apron was used for DNA testing. Like I think a year ago. Really? Yeah, because the technology has advanced so much that they could use old. But shit. they still have that shit. Yeah, they still have it. It's like they still have it or whatever, and they yeah. actually. Compared DNA evidence to like one of the other suspects, and like it matches, but like they th- that's all it is. Like we just have DNA from this apron that leads to this, this person, dude. but it's just like we don't. That, that's all. I mean, can't do. verify. Yeah, they, they can't put him in or in anything else. It's just like oh, he ha- he was probably part of this thing. Yeah. So like that was it. But that is where we're gonna end part one. We're gonna end part one with just these murders, and we're gonna continue. Next week with part two with the Jack the Ripper letters, the gruesome death of fucking Mary Kelly, which was horrible. This dude butchered the shit out of her. Like you mentioned, each kill was getting more brutal and macabre and it cultivated, it fucking ended with Mary Kelly. Horrible. And we're also going to talk about who some of the most notable suspects and theories of who the Jack the Ripper really could have been okay so that was part one for the jack the ripper series it's part fucking one it's a good uh it's a good intro so thank you guys for joining us i know like i mentioned in the last mini episode we were kind of it's been a while but we're you know we're going back on track uh Archie's back so again thank you Archie, Ooh. for joining us for a little bit <laughs> he's like he's like i'm gonna go <laughs> but uh no so, but, summer vacation is coming up for me so oof. i know and then like, it's getting real busy for you two because this is the end of the school year. For you, you're getting close to the end. You got concerts. Yep. You got grading. My brother, yep. he just crossed the finish line right now. Mm-hmm. He's hung over. He's he, right now. He's hung over. He's hurting right now. He's still wearing the I'm shirt hurt. from yesterday. It, same shirt. Same throw up on it too. It's, just, it's a mess. That's what the orange stain was. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so th- so oh, put my beard. So thank you guys again. Fuck. Look, if you want to look at some of these pictures, you want to look up the writing, you want to look some of, some of these pictures up or whatever, look us up on Instagram. Go go check out Space. No, what's that? The Creeper from uh, Scooby Doo. Oh. Compared to the the I'm little a, drawing. I'm gonna post a picture character. of them like <laughs> a comparison. Right next to each other. Uh, again, Instagram Weird History Eerie Tales Pod. If you guys could do us a favor, rate and review us on iTunes. That really helps the show grow. We keep going from like 
four and a half to five to four to four and a half to five to four. So it's, it's cool. Like, all we're getting is five and one stars. Like, if you, if you love us or you fucking hate us. We're still there? Yeah, we're still there. Like, Hell yeah. like we have, I think, like 36, whatever. And then, like, the bar for five is, like, the majority of it. Yeah. And then the bar of one is, like, the second one. And then, like, three, two, three, and four are, like, yeah. have, like, a little dots. Like, spurts in between. Yeah, so, so, so we have, like, three stars because we're, like, right midway. So, so it's, like, people, so it's like people are, like, oh, shit, these guys are fun. Or it's, like, fuck these assholes. This is not what I wanted at all. Yeah, and then, and, and like, fucking, that's the thing, too. Like, when I've shown... When I've told people and I told friends or like people that I know, like, oh, I'm doing a horror podcast, whatever. Yeah. I tell them they come into the show thinking we're gonna be serious. We're gonna be I'm like, dude, that's not us at all. Welcome like if you know the weird history. If you know me, if you know me as an individual. If you know me as an in, I'm like, this is the we're gonna be. I am far from that. Yeah. <laughs> and like I had some people tell me like, oh, it's weird because I'm not used to listening to like horror podcasts where they Make fuck fun they, <laughs> not make fun but like they it's not like that was supposed to cry it's not like Seriously. a documentary where it's just like in 1976 yeah. Charles sucked you know, so much and like dude. there's nothing wrong with that like there's, no, like there's nothing wrong with it like, like I love the Sword and Scale like those kind of those type of podcasts yeah, you mentioned the Snowly Sleep podcast you yeah. know what I mean like those podcasts like, like it's cool but it's just not who the fuck we are we're, yeah. we're too hyper we drink Energy drinks yeah. right before. We, like we, we right record. before. We pregame, pregame with Rockstars, Nas, like, so Full we're, Throttle. We're super hyper. And we have other people tell me that like, dude, I thought you guys were going to be like that. And like they listen to us and like, dude, that shit's fucking hilarious. We had people hitting us up on Instagram, leaving us, like sending us messages saying, dude, you guys are fucking hilarious. I'm a huge fan. La, la, la. This is one guy. I'm not going to throw out his Instagram just because I don't want to keep putting it. His name out there. He says we're his favorite podcast. I'm like, hey. oh, you know that's fucking cool. And he says it's cool listening, having other brown people, having other brown people covering these kind of things. He's like, it's yeah. cool because uh, other brown people. Yeah, because he's he's mixed. He's like he's he's mixed. He's I think he's black and like. No, I know, but like, who else? Who else is out there? Well, that's the thing though. He's that's why he's like, as a listener, it's cool listening to other brown people like oh, into the same things as i oh, am okay, okay. you know what i mean and it's like, it's like cool. there's, you know? there's other mexicans doing a podcast i'm pretty sure you know what i mean there should there fucking should be. there better be <laughs> fuck you know but it's cool seeing that you know even though we're small whatever like the representation we're doing is kind of cool you know yeah, the people cool. are like oh you know it's cool it's fucking fun he loved the fucking i did some ridiculous white g joke He's like, dude, that shit was fucking funny. Where I'm wearing, I was wearing a red flannel, and I'm like, and I just said something stupid, like, "Oh, I'm bicking back, being bored." And he's like, dude, that shit was fucking funny. That line got me addicted. I've been listening nonstop. I had people message us saying, like, "Dude, you guys are fucking funny." And then we had people blocking us. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so at like, the end of the know? spectrum on both sides, you know, so fucking, it's like, yeah, people blocking us. No, no, but I, I just can't be sucking my own dick like that the whole time. I tend to make it a little funny. But it's cool though. It's cool that people are actually taking. You know, I actually listen to us. Yeah. People are enjoying the show. Some people are, more, most people are enjoying the show because we have more five stars than one stars. That's good. That's good. You know, like that's what the fuck we are. If you know us in person, you know how fucking ridiculous we are, especially yeah. me. Like, I'm super exaggerated. My brother, he's the, he needs help. He needs therapy. I do. I shit talker. <laughs> I really you do. You are the biggest shit talker. See, but we love it though. That's we what it was it. better without him yeah. last episode. Yeah. Oh my! No, we wait. Hold on. What, what was he doing the first the, the first few minutes? Talking shit. See what I mean? <laughs> That's his role of the show. Just He's a wild card. Shit. He's a wild card. card. You, you the wild card? I love drama, but I feel fucked up right now. <laughs> Hurry up, end it. So thank you guys so much. 
Again, if you guys could review and rate us on iTunes, you gotta do the what? Money. Say something. I know you want to say something. <laughs> he wants to sleep. He's over. He complaining. You ain't got shit so to do. What? You got shit to do. It's not gonna change the way I feel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Again, add us on Instagram. We want to see some of these pictures. Weird history. Here we tell pod. And if you guys, so join us next week as we cover the rest. You know, we continue with part two. Part two. Add us on, yeah. You should add us on Instagram so you can see what are the other upcoming topics because we kind of tease the episodes. But again, thank you guys so much. And as always, we are the Weird History, Eerie Tales Pod. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs>